Chickity, chickity, check. From Maine, Cap, and Stem, this is the Michael Wizards Podcast. I'm Eric Lohman, and welcome to our sixth installment of this mycological madness. I say that too much. Of an old school radio show. <laughs> the feedback uh, everybody's been giving us has been wildly encouraging. So I got to say thank you so much to all of our amazing listeners out there. Today, we take a bit of a dip into the world of Captain Stem's humble beginnings um, with my conversation with Lisa Pixley. Lisa, first and foremost, is a beautifully kind and sincere human who I would fight very hard to keep on my side through this wildlife. Um, luckily, I haven't had to. You know, she's always been there um, because Lisa's she's like the home base for artists in Portland, Maine, um, and she's married to my business partner, Christopher Campbell which definitely ups points for him. Makes him that much cooler for being married to such a cool woman. <laughs> Listening back while putting this episode together, I was uh, you know, I was really amazed at how much we actually talked about mushrooms. Um, well, Lisa's a forager for the love of it. She's um, a professional printmaker with a masterly creative mind. Um, and our conversations are always full of departures from the norm. So... It goes to show interests and obsessions into mycology are, uh, in general, very deep-seated and ever-present. So sit back and enjoy uh, the path this conversation took. Fancy, fancy. All right, I think we're recording now. Yes. <laughs> cool. Yeah, there it goes. You know, the nice part about doing this shit in person, too, is uh, uh, it sounds way better. Yeah, it sounds so good. So much better. Yeah. I I've just had, want to start singing a song. <laughs> I've had conversations with people who are in their, you can tell they're like in somewhere where they don't want to be. And they're like trying to ignore things and sounds yeah. and whatever. It's either it's their office, like during the day for me, you know, yeah, <laughs> and right. the artists under like the California recordings because mm-hmm. it's seven here, but it's five there. They're just settling down and I'm yeah. like, I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I did have an interesting conversation speaking of that mm-hmm. uh, book. Most people who are like in this mushroom world, mm-hmm. they did have some relation to like psychedelic growing. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part is, is you negate that um, basic microscopy spore syringe side when you get into the uh, gourmet world. Mm-hmm. And I had an interview that I did with Andrew Collier-Reed, and uh, he's down in Tennessee, Mossy Creek Mushrooms, where mm-hmm. basically he's doing breeding programs, mm-hmm. and it's very normal for cubensis growers to do breeding. Mm-hmm. It's because it's the only way to transport spores that are psychedelic legally, because they don't have anything illegal in them. Oh. So these spores are suspended in water, and then you inject that into a sterile media, and then it grows. Yeah. But what happens is you have so many different phenotypes growing as yep. you have different sort of um, preferences for like the the um, available sexual options uh-huh. that each mushroom is potentially a completely different phenotype. So huh. then the way to get a culture is to then take one of those mushrooms, clone it. That's yeah. one phenotype. Yeah. So <laughs> that's pretty like inherent within the psychedelic growing world. Sure. And he's trying to bring it back mm. and basically mm-hmm. like put it into the... Uh, Put it into the realm of um, gourmet growers Mm -hmm. so that the sustainability for like the strains and the ideas and the concepts going forward 
are not like plants. We're not like protecting seeds. We're actually like creating biodiversity sure. instead of preserving biodiversity. Yeah. If yeah. that makes any sense. So it makes total sense. Right. Um, I was sort of fascinated by that with, uh, uh, just the fruits and vegetables yeah. that we eat that, uh, the strawberries that you're buying in the grocery store were selected most likely for shelf life, not yeah. its flavor, <laughs> um, shelf life and you know, how pretty it is to buy. And, uh, once you start growing these heirloom varieties, you're like, Oh my God, this ugly, ugly strawberry is freaking delicious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so that's really important. It must be really important with mushrooms. It's that, gotta be. Yeah. 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 And of course you can select for the ones that have the longest shelf life, but yeah. You can also select for ones that have that. Just look cool. Yeah. Look cool or <laughs> that crazy flavor or. Yeah. 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 yeah Andrew was talking about like a violet oyster. They found like a real, real strong violet and it went, it disappeared. There's like part of the problem when you're doing these breeding programs is you're, you're doing so many different options all at once. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. You kind of forget that like some are going on. So you ignore them and. Right. You know, if you hire people who don't really know what they're doing, mm -hmm. they're just going to harvest them and go about their right, day. Right. So, <laughs> so he's like, I saw it and I said, harvest that and put it aside. And it got sold to a chef and turned into a meal before I ever got to clone it. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, <laughs> at least it went somewhere good. Yeah. But so now it's his white whale or his yeah, purple whale. His purple <laughs> whale. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of psilocybin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my yeah. God. Those books are so good though. Like yeah. what, what's the name of that? That one's uh. uh how to identify and grow psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fascinating. It's a good book. It looks like a. It's an old one. It's got some good illustrations in it. Yeah. The uh, comic in the back's pretty good. There's like all these hilarious. <laughs> I think it's in the way back somewhere. Oh yeah. Gary. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> growing smaller. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something. Oh, it reminds me of the fabulous furry free brothers. Did you ever? No. Fabulous furry <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it was something I probably shouldn't have seen at a really young age, but <laughs> it was in with my uncle's porn. <laughs> and you he pulled had it this, out. Yeah, it was like slightly pornographic comics from the. I, our Chrome might have had something to do with no it. No way. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. had to Google it though that I, I don't know, but it's sort of part of that sort of. Yep. Yep. Semi stoned <laughs> phallic penises. I thought they were hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably totally screwed me up for life. <laughs> anyway, that's what that it was. It looks like I would assume that stuff would screw you up, but I think for most art people, it doesn't, you no. know, like, uh, it's the funny part about people who, like, we were just talking about in the art world, you're just used to being around naked people constantly. True, draw them all the time. True, you, yeah, <laughs> if you're like investigating some dude's scrotum from like 30 yards away for too long, you realize that. Everything is just like what you make it out to be, you know, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it's so true. My I'm, homes I'm helping homeschool my nephews there, of course, uh, 3000 miles away. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, twice a week we, we meet on zoom and I'm their art teacher, which is Sweet. really fun. Um, but yeah, I was trying to describe they're, they're really curious about art school. Like what was art school? Like what How is it like they? to do art all day in school? They're eight. Okay. Yeah. They're eight. They're twins. And, uh, and I'm like, well. You draw naked people and they're like, what? <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah, no. Like, what, what is that like? I'm like, you walk into the classroom and there's all kinds of different naked people. Like sometimes they're big fat naked people. Sometimes they're skinny, yeah. you know? 
sometimes it's an old lady and and they're like they're naked cool <laughs> yeah you gotta learn anatomy but we don't have to do that we're gonna keep our clothes on that's but, true yeah it was hilarious <laughs> i blew their little minds so that's yeah. pretty fantastic. They, I now know they both want to go to art school. <laughs> They're like, sweet. That's where the naked people yep. are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you get to draw naked people. They don't realize that it's not as fun as it sounds. <laughs> no. no, hours. It's really torturous. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really torturous. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Whatever. We had a couple like good models back at Montserrat, like this dude, Dan, who I'm sure he still does it. He would hold these dramatic proses and like start crying like halfway in between him, just trying to hold them, you know, but they're so good that you're like, (laughs) yeah, it was pure dedication. (laughs) I swear this is the only thing he will ever do. And he's so fucking good at it, you know? And it's like dramatic, like taking of Christ poses. You're like, holy shit. So he made it exciting and he would physically like disobey the art professor and like go move a light and be like, it's better over here. That's so great. Like, who the fuck is teaching this class? That's great. Oh, it's so good. We I had one that. woman like that, but for us, it was mostly like whoever wanted. I don't know. We were like, you know how you can sell blood. And yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> sell yeah. your hair. We mostly had people who were like just yeah. trying to get their next fix. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. People just nodding off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, all I got to do is say, hey, this is the best gig ever. It's a quick 25 bucks to sit there naked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's um, very But true. we definitely had some good models. Um, so, Have you had them draw from nature at all yet? Uh, a little bit. It's hard when you're, uh, when you're uh, you know, through a computer on a yeah. table. So, but yeah, a little bit. They're really excited about the idea of a horizon line. You know? Yeah. Any picture becomes a landscape if you just draw a line across it. Yeah. And depending on where you put that line, will tell the viewer where you're standing. So yeah. if you put it way, way, way up high, yeah. it means you're really low to the ground. And if you put it really <laughs> low to the ground, that means you're really high up. And they were like, whoa, mind blown. So every time they sit down and draw, that's what they do. They figure out where they are. The they horizon put line. They put the horizon line on the. That on stuff the sticks with you forever. Yeah. I yeah. remember my uncle playing the scribble game with me before I could even draw anything, yeah. you know. And that was fantastic. What's the scribble game? He just made a scribble and said, draw something out of it. Uh, and then I did the same thing for him. Yeah. And it was like endless joy. Yeah. And it was mostly like, <laughs> I don't know why it was just me and him. My aunt was busy or my mom was busy or whatever. And yeah. it'd be like pretty late at night. And, uh, I don't know where everybody was. Why the fuck it was just him and I? I have no idea. <laughs> but I remember like specific times they lived in this on the hill in Worcester. So, mm-hmm. you know, sweet, weird old neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we would just play the fucking scribble game. Yeah. He's the first person that had like a, it was like a greenhouse atelier. And it was this like just full of like art, everything, yeah. you know, and he never really did much in it. It was yeah. mostly in the, in the den or the study that he yeah. would do stuff. But just like seeing that space, I was like, I always need a space. Yeah. It's that yeah. stuff. First time I was like, yes. Right. A little sacred. It's almost like a chapel. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. A little, just a slightly sacred space. That just yeah. Doesn't accumulate junk. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. got to be organized. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. like, I think most people treat, uh, you know, the mushroom thing that way. Like if, if you have a lab, it has a very particular 
purpose. Mm-hmm. And A, it needs to be fucking sterile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. B, it just has to function correctly. Right. So right. that you're not like going over your, you know, crossing like air paths with uh, pathogens and so right. on and so forth. You got to right. be very deliberate about your movements. Right. It's this very kinesthetic and Taoist sort of, right. Right. I don't know, adaptation to how you're yeah. doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know the word null? K-N. K-N-O-L-L. I feel oh, like I should. Knoll's mechanical. They do a lot of our refrigeration. I think that's a family name. <laughs> <Just like it. laughs> no, I don't. What's the word? It's Noel? when you it's when you lay your things out. So, um, uh, uh, you know, the the scene with the surgeon in in the movie yeah. when they have like all the scalpels lined up and and everything yeah. is yeah. To hand. That's called uh, a knoll? It's called to knoll your things, yeah. To knoll your to things. Knoll. Yeah, and it's a, it's a very meditative thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm clearly. about to do some hard shit. Yeah. Um, I'm about to do some pre- precise shit. I need. I can't be, you know, feeling around in the dark for, for yeah. my things. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. It's it's one of the, like, when I, when I know I'm about to do something that's just a little hard, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll clean my area and I'll knoll. <laughs> Just organize. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a funny thing. I never even knew that had a term. I just thought I was being, uh, this is like, I got to work on this painting and I'm going to clean my house first. (laughs) So it's like uh, passive (laughs) knolling. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do laundry actually too. So fuck, yeah. (laughs) I think that's called procrastinating. (laughs) Oh shit. Whatever. That does have a word. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing I never learned English. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Cisco and I were just talking about that. Yeah. The amount of people that he knows and I don't know who Mm -hmm. had this certain period in time where they didn't have to learn to read or write, Mm -hmm. yet they made it in the world completely, utterly alone, figured Mm -hmm. it out and were most likely really successful. Yeah. Right. And still to this day, they can be like 50, 60, 70 years old. They still know how to write or read. Right. <laughs> remember that was a big deal like when we were younger Do yeah you yeah they, gotta, they have like made for tv movies about it yeah you know, like dad has a secret <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's embarrassing but yeah. it's like at the same time is it and and yeah. can you adapt to doing that later in life right that's right. like it's it's fascinating because right. when you think about your time as a human and all of the things that you pick up in the, right. the path you take if you're like an overtly creative and, and gear grindery person, you're going to do it all anyways, you mm-hmm. know, but, right. uh, right. what is it that, that person didn't do that and then just never had to, it just kept going. Or they came up with other skills that, uh, were almost harder than reading, you know, if you think about it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, knowing how to navigate without signs or at least recognizing the signs as being the sign that was before the turn yeah, without yeah, actually yeah. knowing what it said, you know? Yeah, you're lar- you have to be largely visual. Yeah. And you have to force that version of your brain in order to like right. cope. Right. Whereas right. Yeah. we take it for granted. I mean, I still kind of almost got lost getting up here. I like, almost asked you if you knew where the for rich man. <laughs> 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 oh, this is like the dead end. If you if you hit the toll, you just went too far. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Now I always remember the gosling insurance. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. That'll keep everybody uh, on track. Yeah. Yeah. Is it even Goslin Insurance anymore? I guess it is. Yeah. I've got a great big sign. Well, I made it here. So, yes. You found it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's amazing how you have landmarks and you even, they can change or the building is not, like in Portland too, Mm -hmm. you go down there now and you're like, 
Man, I don't know where I am. I know where I am. I'm yeah. definitely on India Street, but this doesn't look like India Street yeah. anymore. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's almost like you traveled into the future or something. Yeah. You're waiting for like the hover car to drive by. Like, where the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's, no, very, it's true. True. Yeah. very true. The city's changing so fast. It is. I remember going into like all the bookstores there for a while. I was like, you know, coming from the art letterpress poetry world. So you seek those books out in all the different mm -hmm. bookstores that were around town. And then mm -hmm. it was mushrooms. And then mm -hmm. you start like looking for every little mushroom section, which were, were never there, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. then you found like the one weird psychedelic yeah. book or whatever yeah. it was, you know? Yeah. But it's a, uh, it's a strange town. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. It's still weird, but slowly, slowly changing. So yeah. 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 But yeah. that's the way it goes, I guess can't be the same forever mm -mm. i remember moving up there and my my mom was like why would you what the fuck are you doing moving to portland <laughs> right, there's nothing there she's like it was burnt out when i was playing in bands there and yeah. it can't be any better now and yeah. i was like oh yeah seems pretty good i know, <laughs> I know people wax poetic about those glory days now so, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. My first apartment was 150 bucks and I had a view of the water. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is like, I didn't really take it at all serious. I might've told you this story, but I didn't, you know, you, you don't really like anticipate like your, uh, even your parents past coming back to you in some fashion. Mm -hmm. And it gets weird when it does. Mm -hmm. But when I got that job delivering for uh, native Maine. Oh yeah, I remember that. This dude worked there named Tom Dolphin, and uh, he knew my mom. What? Yeah. and like crazy. He just like immediately, he was like, your mom and I found a dude who was the bouncer at the Free Street Pub. No, it wasn't on Free Street, and he killed himself, and we found him. Yeah. And I was oh like, well, God. you can't be making that up. So no, I, I, I asked her, and she was like, holy shit. She was like, yeah, I remember Tom. Oh I was like, God. what in the <laughs> <laughs> so like they were just like it was just, I, I don't think i ever talked to tom much after that yeah. it was too weird it was like bridging yeah. a gap in time yeah that i shouldn't have been in <laughs> right. i was like oh no 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 yeah. no <laughs> yeah oh that's so, really funny portland has that ghosty side to it yeah you know, lots happened there yeah <laughs> yeah no it's definitely true was it the free street taverna <clears throat> it was called the free street pub and I think it was like where Trader Joe's is, oddly enough. Oh, weird. Like way down there. Because my mom was like, yeah, I used to ride my my Yamaha Harley down there and, and play with the band. And, you know, I'd rip around Portland all day. Yeah. Play music at night. And then we'd be off and we'd do the whole music circuit up and down to Canada and back down. Because huh? she was in a, a, a Styx cover band. <laughs> <laughs> called the renegade that's cool <laughs> yes nothing is fucking cooler yeah, yeah. no 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 it's funny <laughs> oh yeah no she was in this band and so like you you hear these stories yeah. and you live in a place where somebody once lived mm -hmm. and then you you're like acquainted with people from their past and you're like this got so out of hand yeah. so fast <laughs> that's crazy i did a i did a art series on um John Wilkes Booth and oh, Lincoln. Yeah. And I just like went deep into um, a bunch of these photographs uh, of the inauguration and, you know, other random things. And I found out that John Wilkes Booth had stayed at the, um, it was a hotel. All those buildings were hotels at one oh, point yeah. in time. Yeah. But he had stayed in the hotel that's on the corner of Oak Street and Free Street. Yeah. Kind of yeah, across yeah. the street from, a little diagonal from the Free Street Taverna. And yeah. I was just like, huh. holy shit. Places holy have shit. ghosts. Yeah. Places have ghosts. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, and people moved around and it's all, I don't know, it's all sort of just there. I mean, it's it's not here as much as it is in Europe. Yeah. I mean, like you go to Europe and you walk well, down a street in Florence and you're like. You kind of expect it there. Yeah, right. But here you don't. No. Yeah. So yeah. when it shows up, it's utterly strange. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Of course. Of course somebody that was important yeah. stayed in this room or yeah. walked down this hallway or walked down the street. Yeah. I always get the get sort of the chills. Oh, yeah. You know, when I find that kind of stuff. I was talking to uh, Neil from Columbia Mushroom Company, and mm-hmm. he lives out in Oregon, uh, you know, right on the Columbia River. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he's not far from, like, the only place I re- really went in Oregon and spent time was Mount Hood. So he's not far from there. Mm-hmm. And the hotel in front of uh, Mount Hood is where they film the exterior shots of The Shining. Totally been to that hotel. It's a pretty cool hotel. It is so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Inside awesome. is crazy. Yeah. Oh, I have a funny story about that very hotel, but go ahead. Keep talking. No, no. I was just going to say that the weird part is you go in there and it's not, it's yeah. not where they filmed The Shining, like the interior shots yeah. at all, but they had to get rid of room 237 in order to stop people from asking for the fucking room. Oh, so right. just the idea that something might've been there. Right. That isn't there anymore right. indicates that you can make up the ghosts, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like you, it's, it's all just in your head and it's all right. this incepted sort of stuff. Yeah. But Ooh, it's cool. incepted. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Great movie too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christopher and I went, um, uh, we actually spent a lot of time out there and, uh, yeah. um, we actually, I wanted to go there because of the shining. Oh yeah. It's my favorite book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And we're driving up and we see this, um, uh, uh, we, we know, it was, there was snow on the ground and we see that there was this couple that had um, uh, broken down on the, on the side of the road on one of these turnoffs. And so we pulled over and, and asked them if they needed any help. And of course, it was weird. They yeah. borrowed our cell phone because we had one and they didn't. Yeah. Because it was back when it was kind of rare to have cell phones. You guys are just immediately those techie people. I knew things. So. I guess so. Um, yeah, I guess we were. They didn't have one we did. I'm trying to think of what year it was. Anyway, it was long enough ago that it wouldn't have been, like, it wasn't weird to loan someone our cell phone. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, because it was our phone, it called the Portland, Maine, oh. uh, AAA. Yeah. And so, anyway, not that interesting of a story, except that it was like, it's not that interesting story. <laughs> it's a killer mind. story. It's like a Mitch Hepburn joke, you know, where he like gets lost halfway through the joke and he's like, there's something else there. There was something else there. Anyway, it took us a long time to figure out that they were in the wrong Portland. Fuck. Not that interesting of a story, but they owned a club that was a lot like Space Gallery. And they invited this couple. us because we stopped. They invited yeah. us to uh, <laughs> to go out to this what turns out to be a somewhat famous club on an island in the middle of the river. What the fuck? Yeah, and we never ended up going, but... That area is so big and, and blown out in my mind that every time that I've been there, it's just too big. Like, everything is bigger. The trees, the rivers, trees the bigger, animals. The mountains are bigger. Yeah. yeah, the plants. Even, like, plants that I grow yeah. are bigger there. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that that was what that plant was supposed to look like. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're mushrooms. Are bigger. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. The only time I've ever found my takis was uh, was out there. Was out there, and it was. Uh, I don't know if it was just a fluke thing, but we went for a walk 
uh, I think Mount Rainier. Oh, and yeah. They were just everywhere. I oh, could man. smell it in the air. <laughs> so my brother goes back there every year now and he fixes my, uh, the maitake mushrooms. Does he really? I'm sorry, matsutake mushrooms. Oh, matsutakes. Matsutakes, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, you can smell those from miles away. You yeah. can like sniff your way to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's amazing. But There's something inherently specific about smells and mushrooms and the way that they grow. Because the ones you can smell are really hard to find. Like Matsutakis don't just like rear their head up and they're right. like, look at me. You yeah. Know? Except when they do. Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, are those? And then you're like, no mistaking it. No yep. mistaking. That is them. And now I'm going to smell like I see hats and gym socks all the way home and be glad for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah Matsutakis are strange. Mushroom names are strange. I keep like, uh, uh, you know, Ethan's always listening to that uh, last podcast on the left and he was listening to, um, I forget who like Hitler's crazy psychotic human was that like did most of the torture and, and madness and mayhem. I don't know. It's some, some name, but it's like this three part episode. And um, <sighs> once again, I'm losing the same thing you just lost. I'm like, where the <laughs> fuck was the story going? It sounds so specific. Hmm. It was something specific to names. Mushroom names. Yeah, so mushrooms. Mushroom names are so cool. Oh, so this guy's name was yeah. coined after trials and so on and so forth because yeah. he was the evil human that he was. He was called Angel of Death. That was oh, his that was his nickname. Really? I'm trying to think of the, the guy's name. It doesn't matter. He's a fucking Yamanita. asshole German dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But you wonder after you look through like um you look through one of those Audubon Society guides and you're like, who the fuck named all these mushrooms? Like common names. Yeah. It's all bullshit, you know, unless it has an origin like Matsutake or Maitake that means something in a right. different language. Right. Angel of Death. Where the fuck? Like, I get it, you yeah. know, but like, was it named after him? When was that? When was that published? Who decided to do that? Yeah. You know? Well, I think they're colloquial names. And then and it was just sort of the battle of the which colloquial name got <laughs> Which, which got published one? first, you know. Yeah, maybe it was because yeah. yeah. there's just so many being discovered and organized yeah. at once. Right. I mean, you don't forget. I mean, if you're teaching your kids which one's not to eat, right. Angel of Death is pretty. It's the one. Don't eat that one. Which one? The one that looks like an angel. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> yeah. it's death. It'll kill you. Yeah, exactly. So there the... are some funny ones that, you know, they have like nice names. And then, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then you read about all the ways in which people bleed out of your orifices. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't you just? Oh, there is Satan's bully, but they that's should, true. All yeah. the deadly ones should be like truly deadly yeah. names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 at you least deadly shit. common names. <laughs> you will shit your kidneys. Yeah, <laughs> no kidney shitter. <laughs> I called you when I ate the Amanita Caesar right out in Arizona. Oh yeah, that's Remember right. That? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I bought that shit at a farmer's market yeah. and we were like just building out the mushroom farm there. And mm -hmm. I was like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't even remember what you said. I was all hot and sweaty and I was like, I might die. <laughs> I should probably text Lisa. <laughs> you did. I'm like, do you know the person you got it from and you're going to eat it? But I said, no, maybe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, the farmer's market. That's legit, right? Uh, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> no, because that was the first question we all had, which a lot of mushroom yeah. farms from the early 2000s had, which were like, why is nobody doing this <laughs> at yeah. the mushroom farm? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But people still try to assert themselves now, especially in that world where yeah. they're like, you have to get my license in order to sell these mushrooms, you know, at this place. Mm -hmm. It's all oh, stupid, mm -hmm. you know, but mm -hmm. regulations, regulations. Yeah. 
Yeah, people are still really scared of mushrooms. Well, because they're scary for good reason. They're scary things. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were the one that told me about the, the, I guess it's a chart they have in the ER, right? Where it's oh. like, depending upon, maybe, I think it was you that told me this. Maybe I'm making it up. Um, but you were saying like, you know, there's different levels of like things that will, uh, they'll say, okay, if you ate this, it, yeah, chances are this will happen. But the, the last one, it just said, just make comfortable. Oh, no, that wasn't me. That wasn't you? No. Shit, okay. But that's definitely something I'll hold on to now like it was my own. <laughs> Might as well own it. Yeah. I'm going to blame it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it that's, was a- That's very practical. Right? That's very practical, yeah. Like, yeah. it's very clinical because mm-hmm. you're just like, okay. <laughs> just make comfortable. There's Which, no way you're coming out of that. Was that the Amanitas? Yeah. 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 I think it was Amanita and then it was, it's about like specifically the um, Angel of Death. Yeah. And then I feel like there's another couple ones on there, you know, but- yeah. That one's definitely like the one that you're done. Yeah. 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 We can find a vaccine for Corona, but we can't revert <laughs> the angel of fucking death. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, what is it? The Amanita neurotoxin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they named the toxin after the mushroom. <laughs> yeah. That mushroom's not fucking around. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I wonder about those incredibly intense. Um, it was, it was, it was Michael Pollan who was, who wrote that, you know, uh, Someone esoteric piece about, you know, uh, uh, you know, are 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 we cultivating the mushrooms or the mushrooms cultivating us? Yeah, and he even you know went so far as to make the leap that uh, this is the How to Change Your Mind book that he wrote, or is something smaller? You know, I didn't didn't read the book. It was the there was an article and there was a podcast that I listened to. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, that he was talking about. uh, He fell head over heels for mushrooms. He fell head over heels for mushrooms and uh, and psilocybin's in in particular. Yeah, the the fact that what. Um, the way that it makes you feel, yeah. um, uh, you just have to wonder how long we've been seeking out psilocybin mushrooms and, and having these, these spiritual yeah. mind opening um, uh, uh, quests with these mushrooms. And you, and you have to wonder which came first, yeah. the um, uh, whatever that is that makes us have that happy feeling yeah. or did that come first? Or did we come first or did it something that yeah. they were like? humans the monkeys really like this yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah and so they made it better so that we would propagate them more yeah you know that's like such a, a fascinating oh, yeah. uh, a fascinating idea and so you have to wonder about the really poisonous ones you know and that uh um like, why are they there yeah and is it possible that the faster you die the quicker you rot on the ground where you ate the mushrooms which makes food for the mushrooms like is there something there a connection yeah um, Huh. Uh, that would make us lower on the food chain than the mushrooms. If that's yeah. correct, we would be, Yeah, um, it would be stalking us, you know? <laughs> the food chain is an interesting concept because it is esoteric. Right. <laughs> There's nothing normal about the food chain. Right. You know? right. It's purely conjecture, conjecture based on a real like analysis, yeah. but it still seems very like mythologically, you know, based. <laughs> the food chain? Yeah, because if you think about it, it's just like that. If you start yeah. thinking about mushrooms seeking out humans to eat and kill. Right, right. Then it is esoteric as That's fuck, true. you know? Or mushrooms the mass murderers, you know? Right, right. Well, yeah, is there some level of intention, you yeah. know, on some level that we can't really understand? Yep. Um, that's yep. actually just very practical. Yeah. Evolutionary, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, the Venus flytrap. I know, in a way, like yeah. you can eat some of us, but you're not sure which one. It's true. Come on and try me. 
<laughs> it's spacey stuff. Occasionally, uh, the car guys come over from EJP, mm-hmm. and uh, the car collection tends to like that's in this building tends to. It's just the weirdest people who like how they how they get in there and it's like today it was two dudes who mm-hmm. uh they they do the roll-up doors for all of ejp you know mm-hmm. which is this massive pipe work company mm-hmm. plastic pipe work company and uh <laughs> so they get a tour of the cars and i get a call from kelsey and i'm sitting here working on something <laughs> she's like hey adam's here and he has a question for you which just means two people are here i don't want to talk to please give them a quick tour <laughs> so i was like okay so i go down there and they're like they just want to know what yeah. this is. And I felt very speedy today. So I gave yeah. them like the hyperactive, like every word was rolling off of my tongue in Latin derivative craziness. <laughs> and they were just like staring at me like bug eyed. And then I like would pop in like alien or like dog poop or like some <laughs> other like weird word that like tied in a normal thing. And then they would crack a smile. But it makes you realize like how esoteric the, the mushroom world is to yeah. people that are just like, what in the fuck? Yeah. I gave him a reishi block and I was like, just let it grow on your counter. And he's like, and then do what? I'm not eating that fucking thing. And I was just like, don't eat it then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that it tastes like shit and it's like wood, but you know. <laughs> Actually, reishi's delicious. The the tip, right? The tip. It's probably the most complex umami I have ever tasted. Really? Yeah. You have to get it when it's just white. Yeah. Um, snip it off. And the it's rubbery. You don't want to chew it. But if you throw it in... Um, in a stock, it's, it's, it's better than bone broth. It's, uh, just an incredibly good, whatever concentration of glutamates that it has is, is pretty amazing. Oh shit. Yeah. It's one of my favorite. I feel like I've tried it raw once or twice and been like, I regret that. Yeah, no, not pleasant, but the, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, just purely as a bullion. Yeah. It's like nature's bullion. That's so wild. Shave it off. It's, it's. I haven't I haven't tried it from your blocks yet. I mostly just uh, harvest it because yeah. it's easy to find in the woods. Yeah, I mostly just harvest it in the spring after it's put that yep. those fresh ones out with that fresh white rind and just the rind. They grow fast in the wild. It, it always actually amazes me how fast those conical, you know, hard shelled mushrooms grow. Yeah, outside versus inside. That's like a four month mushroom. You know, is it really? Yeah, huh? yeah. It takes a while. Huh. Yeah. Especially if you wanted to like form that kidney bean shape, you know? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. 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 It's a peculiar one. It is definitely, it's one of those ones I want to draw, but when I draw it, it's, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it looks, just looks like a, it's, you know, seen from an alien. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I still like the black trumpet that you did to print of. I don't remember, uh, uh, if that was part of anything other than just doing a black trumpet print. I've been meaning to do a found it and ate it. Series. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. Uh, if I found it and ate it, I did a picture of it. And then uh, I was thinking about, you know, Audubon like doing yeah. a quick description of what I did with it, what it tasted like. That'd be um, sweet. Yeah. Underneath it. But I never got around to. Well, you should do it. it and then we'll just put it out there. It's a cap and stem related thing. Yeah. I've been learning engraving. And so I think it might be a sweet set of engravings. That's just, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mushrooms are really interesting forms to draw yeah yeah as you know so they're just alien you know they're they're funny shapes of water but they're uh it's wild that something can form that way that fast and that continuously yeah yeah and they have so many different meanings you know yeah um yeah i was reading that uh it's this one we've been adding this uh mythological side to um uh 
Oh, it's a whole book on Rishi? Holy shit. That book yeah, it's is crazy town. It's insane. It's a good one. Feel free to borrow it. But For it's those like people uh, listening, it's Rishi Mushroom, Herb of Spiritual Potency and Medical Wonder by Terry Willard, PhD. Yeah, that cat went over and basically started researching, you know, as far back as he could for mostly like Chinese herbs and medicine and then got head over heels in the Rishi because it, it kept going down these different paths of, uh, of conversation with, you know, old masters of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, they speak a lot about like ancient Taoists and such in there. But some of the stories are fucking on point and super interesting. Mythologically based, they're they're so cool. Like mm -hmm. there's a story in there about how <laughs> all these ancient Taoists went buck wild trying to find out what mushroom this was after they heard tales of a massacre in which ravens came in with something in their beaks and then they landed on the dead people and dropped this like, you know, antlerish formation on top of the faces of the dead slain people and they immediately rose up. And they were, it's in the beginning of that book and uh, good luck finding it. That's rad. Oh, I love that story. That's yeah. Beautiful. There's so much in there. And uh, upon people seeing this and hearing about the documentation of it, these certain Taoists were like finding these different mushrooms and trying to figure out what they were. Mm -hmm. And that goes further into it. Like red means certain things in, in Chinese, like literally like by definition. And uh, it's connected to soul and like the search for a mi many different weird mm -hmm. things in there. But, uh, mm -hmm. but it sort of like ties in the mythological stuff in the evolution of people's perceptions of this like elixir search, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. it's interesting. That stuff goes really far back and it's not always connected to the psychedelic side. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not always a 120 minute ad for Paul Stamets. You know? <laughs> like, sometimes it's way more. This is actually secretly a 120 minute ad for Paul Stamets. It is. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you, Paul. <laughs> You know, the people who actually come in here and see, like, all the Photoshop shit that, like, Mark and Mike used to do, of, like, my face superimposed on Paul, I'm like, <laughs> they can't stop laughing. They're like, why the fuck didn't we think of that? Yeah, there's none in here. None there in will here. never be. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ask for that. <laughs> yeah. At least, yeah. Yeah, these are beautiful. They really um, are. So, yeah, Rishi mushrooms are probably the coolest yeah. I mean, it's lacquer. It has a lacquer. Yeah. It's shiny and that weird yeah. color red. Um, and in the spring, they're just so beautiful with that bright, bright white rind. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, mushrooms are cool. Um, There's a student artist that came up here from Montserrat a little while back. Mm -hmm. And he's he doesn't belong in Montserrat. He's not like an art school kid. <laughs> he's like, you know, it's one of those people who like the concept of art school makes so much sense. And it's the people you're after and it's the crowd you're after because mm -hmm. your exposure before you go into like a college setting. Sure. And uh, he called because everybody, I guess in Montserrat knows what I do now. Mm -hmm. And they, <laughs> they're like, well, he's the only fucking dude. Go ask him. Yeah. So he calls me up and uh, he's talking and, I do feel like I was our school is the right spot for me. I don't feel like I should have been at MIT or, or anything. Right. And sure. this kid belongs at MIT. And yeah. uh, we're talking about building things out of mushroom mycelium. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Rishi is one of the ones that they use at like yeah. Microworks to make the vegan mushroom fancy leathers mm -hmm. and shit, mm -hmm. which is a cool concept. So he's trying to understand those things, understand how to make formations using, mm -hmm. you know, the sort of blocks and stuff and mm -hmm. crushing them and filling them. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, you know, what he had 
done so far. And one of the first conversations I had with him over the phone, he said, well, I, I basically just cloned some wild mushrooms and had been growing them out and I've been making blocks and mm-hmm. these different shapes with them. And I was mm-hmm. like, what, you know, and I brought up the Rishi cause I was like, what, what kind of mushroom did you clone? He was like the white one that kills everybody. <laughs> and I was like, you're making furniture out of the, the destroyer angel, angel of death, whatever yeah, yeah. the fuck you want to call it. And he was yeah. like, yeah, why? And I was like, you don't see what's cool about that like at all, you know? You're not like, oh, look what I'm doing. For me, I like thought about it for yeah. like days. So yeah. I was like, this is so fucking yeah. gnarly. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it like begs questions with no answers. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. begs this like interesting like conversation between mycophobic people and yeah. how they perceive of it. If they yeah. sit down on a chair made of fucking the death cap, you're yeah. like, what? You know, like <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he's able to get such a solid substrate from so was a I. mushroom that can grow. That's it's basically, an, isn't it an earth based mushroom? Yeah. Yeah. Where? He said, what's very interesting about that. And he was just sort of describing it to me is it is the most vigorous culture, more vigorous than any commercial oyster or anything that like we or other people have yeah. given him, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, it's fucking nuts. And yeah. I was like, huh, that makes sense. I feel like when I'm out foraging, it's the one I always find. It's like just another angel. Duh. Right. But who the fuck is going to clone that? Yeah. This dude didn't even, I was like, right. whoa. Yeah. No, it's true. Right. 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 <laughs> I don't know. That's the, that's the can't pick it, kick it. Uh, thing <laughs> yeah yeah sort of this useless mushroom but uh and i think he yeah. knew that but when you yeah. put it in an art setting and this is where i say he doesn't belong in art school because yeah. he's too smart to like think of it like yeah <laughs> right. far out right the sociological implications of that are far out yeah 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 i wonder i wonder how russelas would do or any of those other ones yeah seem to be so prolific no matter what the weather yeah, yeah they're just huh. always there yeah I never expected that. It makes me want to play around with that mycelium now in some level. Yeah. And just sort of understand it. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, there's there's just so much we don't know, right? Yeah. Like, uh, that's that's that that kind of what's so exciting. It's this frontier, right? Yeah. And yeah, eventually, uh, you know, we'll get far enough into that frontier to be like, okay, now the stuff to discover is just sort of like these <laughs> micro things, but. But with mushrooms, it doesn't seem like that. It seems like it's just such a massive, massive genus. Is that the right word? Genus of kingdom. Of, of, it's a, a kingdom. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a massive kingdom, bigger than we are. Yeah. That functions. Uh, that functions on a level that that we we haven't really figured out yet. Yeah. Um, and we can eat them. You know. We're cannibalistic know. in some nature with them because we're just so aligned with them yeah. on like a timeline. I was explaining that to the roll up door guys and they were like, it's very easy for me to like talk too fast being not from Maine. (laughs) (laughs) So I slowed down for a minute and I said something along the lines of, uh, and I don't remember what spurred it. They asked something and I was like, well, basically CO2. Right. I was like, you know, we produce CO2. These things produce CO2. Plants Mm -hmm. don't. I was like, so that immediately puts us on something that produces something but needs something else, right. you know? Right. And that exchange is a very interesting concept. And if you look at what this thing produces, yeah. CO2-wise, mm-hmm. and you think that 20,000 parts per million is a lot, go breathe on a CO2 meter. I was right. like, you produce that much CO2, right. you right. know? So right. we have this funny concept with like, you know, yeah. how bad CO2 is for the world and right. this, that, and the other and gas emissions. Yeah. <laughs> Just breathe into a CO2 meter. Oh, yeah. I never even thought of that. 
It's fascinating, yeah. you know. Yeah. So we're not that far off. Just yeah. metabolically, how we how we alter substances for our own benefit yeah. is inherent with that. Plants can't do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. not at all. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're strange creatures. Yeah. Um the thing that blew my mind was that they're I mean, this is something that's so obvious to you now, but that they're sexually reproducing. Yeah. And so they're still like within their own, you know, within their own species, they're they're constantly evolving at a rapid, rapid pace. And yeah. so, you know, I, I'm out foraging and I find um, you know, one random chanterelle that is slightly whiter or yeah. slightly peachier than the rest of the ones that were there. Or I found um the black chanterelles in uh it was actually in a um in a very large patch of black trumpets and i found this black trumpet that was just wrong and i was it actually kind of made me nervous because it was so different than the black trumpets and then it dawned on me that it wasn't a black trumpet it was a black chanterelle and i was just like how did this how did this get here doing what it is doing what it's doing you know i don't know i think that's 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 sort of a fascinating thing about it. And then you guys making, you're cultivating these mushrooms and even the rishi, yeah. they don't look anything like the ones I'm finding out in the woods or your lion's mane. They don't look anything like the ones I'm finding out in the woods. Right. And so now that we're interfering with this, <laughs> you know, what are we going to discover? Yeah. You know? um, well, and I think that's part of like what I was saying, right. when we started talking was the Andrew Collier factor. You're taking these, um, these, baseline technologies for being covert about your psychedelic growing and you're negating them when yeah. you get into the gourmets because all of a sudden you you're comfortable carrying cultures around and trading mm-hmm. cultures and shipping mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. blah 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 mm-hmm. but you forget that that covert nature is very mushroom like yeah. and you can just take something as simple as spore syringes and fucking make an immense amount of you know right. options right right and nobody's really doing that it takes yeah. so much time and effort yeah but it's also like half of the experimentation that's fun that is completely out of your control. It's like acid etching, you know, right. like in right. art. You don't know what the fuck you're going to get. Right. You know, it's, right. Like, right. it's not a deliberate etching. You right. Know? Right. Not right. screen printing. Can you reverse engineer those? Should you get something, you know, an oyster that tastes like strawberries? Like, um, should you stumble, accidentally stumble on some gene you know, connection that, that you unlocked. Can you reverse engineer back to that? Or is it like that purple? I think it's like the purple oyster. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I would have to ask him because he's been far more invested in that side of the world. And Mm -hmm. I've been way more, you know, like how do I get everybody to grow mushrooms? (laughs) (laughs) Which is ridiculous to think that there's two completely different directions to go just on that Mm -hmm. level. But, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think that, that, that you can kind of go backwards. You can do DNA sequencing mm-hmm. and you can compare these different things mm-hmm. with mass spectrometers and such. Mm-hmm. But what is it telling you? Right. You know, right. the, I think the best part about this stuff is the fact that you can contain it and mm-hmm. you can control it and you can preserve it to a point. Mm-hmm. But it's not like plants that are thriving for the cloning factor. Mm-hmm. They don't actually want that, you right. know, at all. Right. And that's because it's the opposite thing. We always mm-hmm. want to preserve the perfect mm-hmm. tomato, you know, like right. think of monster main tomatoes, you mm-hmm. know, that concept is, is irrelevant to like mushrooms in the way that they grow. Right. 
Right. They don't care about that. They care about creating diversity. Right. They don't care about preserving a single phenotype, mm-hmm. which is the billion spores to one cap thing. Right. You know? right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing that, that you guys are fooling around with. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it's even interesting that you call yourselves a farm. We're not. Yeah. yeah. And it, what are we? Yeah. Um, We're mushroom wizards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because farm isn't, you know, when I talk about, when I talk about, you know, um, what this thing is to other people like, oh yeah. And by the way, there's this mushroom farm. They picture like idyllic rolling hills, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. little, little nose going and picking the mushrooms. And even yeah. though that, that's, that's not that far off. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not manufacturing. No. It's not, um, it's just an ex- this grand experiment, right? And it's then existential as shit. Like product of fruit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've like since being in art school, been fascinated with, uh, uh, and I talk about it constantly to people who actually mm-hmm. listen <laughs> yeah. or care to at all. Yeah. But uh, the concept of negative capability, right? You know, and that concept is very simple, and it's mm-hmm. just like to be in the midst of things and not try to control it, mm-hmm. but just to see what's there mm-hmm. and like let things sort of happen mm-hmm. without being bothered by them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's partially what this is, is mm-hmm. like there's the variables run rampant. Mm-hmm. So like the minute you try to squash one thing out, if you're, if you're a very controlling person, you have mm-hmm. no business here. You know? <laughs> right, right. You're just never going to make it. Right. Cause it's not a observe and react and report and mm-hmm. adjust and move around. So it, it fits mm-hmm. my personality of sure. like constant gear, tinker, move, mm-hmm. adjust, see, you know, right. Right. it's that observation thing that a lot of people don't mm-hmm. they're like terrified of mm-hmm. things that are very unstable mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the inevitably unstable <laughs> business right. model you know right yeah no it's true and it's it's a living organism yeah and it's a crop but it's also in a warehouse yeah uh yeah it's funny just being tuned in to christopher um uh he's constantly checking the temperature He's constantly, you know, going to going to bed at night and checking to see what the temperature is going to drop down to or what it's going to increase to because you you've, you've created a a nursery. It's a nursery in a sense that yeah. you know this that this what is that this box is that's growing these mushrooms. Um, yeah, we were talking about it the other night, and I was like, there is no most plants have an ideal uh, habitat. Yeah, right. Um, but mushrooms don't no. like there isn't like a land of mushrooms and there are places that are more ideal like the Pacific Northwest but but it's really that most places in the world have brief not seasons but like tiny windows every couple of years yeah that one species of mushrooms finds one or 30 species of mushrooms find the ideal and yeah so maybe this year it's it's uh chanterelles and black trumpets and you know whatever else happens to like you wonder you know, if it's like that weather uh, pre um you wonder if it's uh implicit um to reaction or if it's 100 percent predictive like you, I wonder if mushrooms inherently know those things Fu- mm-hmm. futuristically, you know, can they see the future sort of thing? Right. Sounds ridiculous, but yeah. can you tell via your integration into the, the earth and the, the, the mind works of, you know, geography, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next year? Mm-hmm. And do you react accordingly? 
is right. it sort of predestined in that manner to say this year's a chanterelle season this year's a black trumpet season you know yeah it's a funny thought to think about but yeah. the fact of the matter is it's in it's everywhere right and right. why wouldn't it have that knowledge right right so it's it's bizarre maybe that's why we interact with it the way we do yeah yeah <laughs> Not to get too far out of that, because yeah. I'm really not that yeah. intrigued by like the, <laughs> the too far out conversations, but yeah, but it seems like that they know something we don't, you know. Um, or maybe they're just winging it too. I don't know. Like, oh, it rains. Yeah, oh, that's been raining a long time. That's true. <laughs> I really hope it rains. Yeah, maybe they are. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so there's there's um yeah, there's just just how long have we been mushroom farming? No, I mean like uh not the species. Us. Yeah. Yeah, how long I mean when did we first cultivate mushrooms? Well, you know, it's like <laughs> how far back can you go? Cuz like ancient Egypt definitely cultivated mushrooms. Were they really? Yeah. Look at hieroglyphs. Baskets really? of mushrooms, like shapes of mushrooms coming out of them. So what do you think they did? Just like scooped up the earth in a place that they found it? Or you know, do you think like, they understood spore? This is the like bizarre part, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, you can go pretty far back with this stuff. The mm -hmm. Bhagavad Gita, right? It's like this ancient um, text. It's, really it's all Sanskrit. Word. Could you say it again? The Bhagavad Gita. Say it one more time. Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> say it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> Such a good word. The Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> It's, a, I mean, it's a phenomenal text, but yeah. you read it and it's allegedly like this ancient script, you know, mm -hmm. and, and when it was written, the primary people on the planet were very, um, what's the word? They're ramblers, mm -hmm. you know, they're completely nomads. transient yeah. nomads. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that concept of like settlement hadn't, it's not realistic yet, mm -hmm. you know? So this stuff is basically describing things that are essentially like nuclear war, nuclear fallout. You read about this stuff, read mm -hmm. this shit, you mm -hmm. know, and, and this is an actual ancient, you know, mm -hmm. sort of text. And it's one of the earliest forms of like written from verbalization, mm -hmm. totally documented and put out there. Mm -hmm. So if, if we want to believe in the ancient alien factor, mm -hmm. it sort of is implicit that we think about them like us. How many times have we, misplaced forgotten about and then rediscovered recipes for things like napalm or like right. whatever we right. do that we have very small minds mm -hmm. humans have evolved in this bizarre way that they don't have the cognitive capacity to sort of like keep history with them mm -hmm. whatsoever mm -hmm. i can't remember what i ate i have terrible short-term memory you know mm -hmm. blame it on mm -hmm. weed blame it on whatever <laughs> but still i have I the long-term Pork chowder. Corn chowder. Corn chowder. I was like, pork chowder? Sweet. That sounds really good. It does. But you read these things like yeah. the Bhagavad Gita and you wonder, how long have we been doing this? Like, how long have we forgotten and repeated and forgotten and repeated? And we know the term, like, history repeats itself. But yeah. have we gotten to that point in which we can say people definitely knew how to do this a long time ago? Right. Right. <laughs> so right. we have to go back to those ancient artifacts yeah. and think about, like, uh, the term soma. Mm -hmm. came from not fucking Aldix Huxley. It mm -hmm. came from the Bhagavad Gita. Oh, wow. So like there was this idea of what Soma was, mm -hmm. you know, and all these ancient Rig Veda texts mm -hmm. and those Sanskrit deviations of something that had this like power and this mm -hmm. power plant mm -hmm. is so inherent in our like our whatever human going that far back mm -hmm. that who the fuck knows? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
modern times, you know, yeah, there's, you know, we can go back as far as we can remember research and like document and how mm -hmm. we believe something to be real photographic evidence mm -hmm. or written evidence or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, uh, mm -hmm. it's, I think it's been a long fucking time mm -hmm. and I don't think we've made it very far. Mm. You watch like videos from the fifties. You sent me that killer video of like people mushroom farming in Pennsylvania in the fifties. It was like a paths. It was like a paths video. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They're doing the same thing we're doing. Yeah. We have not changed that much yeah. in terms of our interaction with these mushrooms. Right. right. Which makes me really think that inherently it's very connective oriented. Yeah. Right. We know that it's food. We know that it's something that we can't push too far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at the end of the day, we've forgotten about it time and time again. Right. Right. Because if you think back to like not even ancient China, but like early. Yeah early, uh, whatever you call it, like BCE now, mm -hmm. the reason that we strike logs for mm -hmm. like shiitake growing is because we forgot what spores were. We didn't know what the fuck spores were. Right. We just knew that if you smacked logs of shiitakes on them near other logs, it didn't have anything on them. Yeah. The spores landed on the logs, germinated and colonized the logs. Oh. It was magic. Yeah. Utter fucking magic. Yeah. So people ask why, why did you smack the shit out of logs? Mm -hmm. Cause you didn't know what the fuck spores were. Right. We right, definitely right. knew before, you right, know? Right, right. <laughs> so you wonder like how far that goes back. Right. Right. Or how specific the knowledge was. Yeah. Was it the uh, ritual of smacking the log or did they actually understand that they were releasing something? Right. <laughs> you know? right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that goes back to the mushroom thing too. Like when I think about chanterelles, chanterelles always grow on the edge of the path. Yeah. Right? And uh, they lure you in. They lure you into the woods. <laughs> and inevitably, you don't, you walk back to the path and you find some more. <laughs> and you realize that, you know, in, in, a, in an interesting way, um, it feels as though they're flirting with you on yeah. some level or another. They want to be found. And then I start thinking about my basket, right? Yeah. This open weave thing. I'm walking <laughs> with my basket. That I've walked for my spots that I've harvested my chanterelles for, you know, the past decade. And I have to wonder, you know, how many, you know, of these that are popping up now potentially were um, uh, me finding them in the past. And if if that isn't likely, then maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it was somebody walking that same path, finding the mushrooms. And so you have to wonder, you know, uh who made that path, you know, yeah. Some level. yeah. Um, because there's definitely an interesting symbiosis going on there. Yeah. Um, Reading geography. Like you can tell yeah. by stone walls if something was pasture versus if it was for farming. Right. I right. think you pointed that out a long time ago. Like it, I don't know why I point everything to you. Maybe it's because so my, it, you are, you better own it. I just make up really good bullshit. Well, you said like when we were talking before about like uh, a memory, like you have really good long-term memory or short-term memory. But, wonderful yeah. short-term memory. Yeah. And I'm polar opposite. I will not remember anything of this conversation until really? longer. Yeah. Oh. I can't do it. And yeah. short-term memory is like an anomaly to me. Just like Christopher recounting a whole story from 10 years ago is an anomaly to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I don't got it. Yeah, I don't like, know why uh, either. Yeah. I feel bad. Yeah. I asked Kate like the same question three times today and she's like, I'm not answering that again. <laughs> and I was like, I had this moment where I felt really bad. I was like, yeah. I'm fucking broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you were making for dinner. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. But you know, you're either one way or another. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I think that's why 
this split in sort of how people remember things and conceptualize things is also inherent to why we lose track of these concepts like growing or, you right. know, growing along or making a path and why right. the mushrooms are still there, right. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, it's funny is that I can remember my mushroom spots better than I can remember going foraging. Yeah. Like I'll be walking in the woods and I'll look around and go, oh, I found, this is where I found, um, you know, that uh, lion's mane in the tree that time. Yeah. And I remember it so clearly. I can taste it. Yeah. Um, so, but we were, we were talking about that, um, that too, that uh, something that I find fascinating about foraging is uh, when you're finding food, your brain goes into this auto record mode. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it is it is taking note when you find food it is taking note of some really crucial information yeah and uh, uh, even if I'm in that spot in winter time like I remember like it's I know exactly where I am um, but it is interesting like uh, again this is it was something I read somewhere that I've long since forgotten. <laughs> But I was reading that this is something that grocery stores take advantage of. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, they're, uh, um, you know, if you're in that, if, um, oh, you know, this might be, might have been Michael Pollan. This is the Michael Pollan thing. Yeah. This is the Michael Pollan thing. And then when you go into the grocery store and you're in that, uh, can I eat it? Can I not? Can I eat it? Yeah. Um, your brain is always sort of doing this. This is safe to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, these two colors together, the way this, uh, this, this, uh, um, <laughs> this intersection of the grocery store uh, you know, with the oranges over there tells me that this thing that I'm purchasing here, that's safe. And it throws me off. You know, when, when, when a grocery store rearranges the aisles, oh, dude, it fucks you up. I get so inordinately upset about it. You Have know? you ever been to a place like an Island grocery store or like some, like the place that happened to me was in was West Texas somewhere. And we were hitchhiking through God knows what. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and this is on the way back. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I don't remember where we landed, but there was a little like store mm -hmm. and a bunch of shit that was closed and just desert for miles. But I went into the store and like nothing was where it should have been. Yeah. Like right. produce was in aisles and it was like just fucking <laughs> not well thought out. <laughs> yeah. And it was as if all this happened by accident yeah. and it was just because it's the only thing. Yeah. It didn't fucking matter. Yeah. You can look for bananas next to Oreos. Who the fuck cares? You know, like <laughs> it's small right. enough. Right. That doesn't upset me nearly as much as when fucking Hannaford like moves produce from the left to the right of the right. building. You're right. like, ah, right. Right. Why? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I think it, I think it taps into that, right? It has a, um, uh, whether you know it or not, there's a little, uh, uh, a danger meter happening in the back of your brain that's going why did this change why did this change um especially now uh during covid where going to the grocery store is probably the most dangerous thing <laughs> i do in a day or home depot or, anywhere. or home depot <laughs> or anywhere yeah and uh, especially with the way that it's tied up with food yeah um and there and and the anxiety of being in the grocery store um I don't know. I don't know if it's more primal or less primal, but, uh, I think for people yeah. like, uh, I mean, you guys are sort of stuck, you know, where you're at because of the proximity to options and like, mm -hmm. you have to drive to go to a farm stand or something, but you know, mm -hmm. I don't, 
the amount of stuff you can get around here without going in a store is huge, you know. What do you mean? Like, how do you? Like, you can just get chicken from, you know, the farm down the road or ah, you can go right. to Sheepskid or you can whatever. And you're mm-hmm. going to see four people. Right, right, right. You're not going to see 150 people right. in the minute you're in there. <laughs> so your, like, proximity to populace is so much less. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny. It's, they're strange times. Definitely strange times. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and the fact that it's so... Uh, uh, you have to do it. You have to go in public to find yeah. food. Um, it's even definitely making me want to forage more this coming summer for some reason. I've gotten out of it for so long. You know, yeah. I think it's something you do for a long time and then you, mm-hmm. you don't get tired of it, but it's like these things hurt your ears after a while. They do. Or, yeah. 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 <laughs> I got to get other ones that are a little more comfortable, but. Uh, um, yeah, I think, uh, well, we've had a bunch of, it's been, uh, uh, good five years of pretty dud seasons. And, yeah. uh, and I think even, so it's almost not worth going out. So you're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then the do you go go out and you spend three hours out in the woods and you find like a tiny little handful of, uh, uh, dried up <laughs> Two chanterelles. chanterelles. Yeah. You're <laughs> yeah. like chopping them up and like carefully like yeah. cooking them to put them on yeah. one slice of fucking toast. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. no. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I mean, it it might be a global warming thing. It might be, but there's no rain in the summer anymore. There's no rain in the summer. It's a really strange thing. And I'm, um, I'm hoping we, it's just sort of a, you know, just a, just a sort of slow drought uh, that we've been getting. But, uh, but yeah, when I first started foraging, even in, in sort of not as good boom years, I'd still find a lot. But uh, I feel like, yeah, the past five years, it hasn't really been, it hasn't been the bounty that yeah. that it kind of was. Yeah. So, I, you know, uh, I don't know if it's my anxiety talking or not, but I'm like, is, is you know, are, are, the, mushroom, know are the mushrooms okay? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they okay? Are they, uh, they holding out, waiting to... Um, Waiting for that rainy season to really pop and uh, right. and propagate. Um, so so yeah, I mean there were years where I was just finding um, so much chicken, so many chickens, chicken in the woods. I associate that, you and Christopher with bountiful, fresh, like wild mushrooms, yeah. like you wouldn't believe, because yeah. it was just always there. Every time I was like at a kitchen table or somewhere where There's you guys were, pile of something, fucking piles of chanterelles. Yeah. Piles of black trumpets. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been years like that in a long time. And it's no. also, I mean, I started my own business. So I'm like, yeah, that'll fuck I, haven't it all been, up. I haven't been getting out into the woods as much. So I'm like, <laughs> there's no mushrooms out there. There's none. It couldn't possibly be me. It's the mushrooms. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, but yeah. you know, the woods are suspect too. And they, mm-hmm. they like, you know, you, you also find weird things like you were just talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Like one of the weirdest circumstances speaking of paths mm-hmm. and like history of spaces mm-hmm. and why the continual like cropping of certain mushrooms in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Every time that I have gone in to uh, what we call the Hobbit lands over mm-hmm. in Hollowell, mm-hmm. somebody has picked lobster mushrooms and then discarded them along the way. Mm. And they're like full on somebody grabbed them. You can even see the fingerprints and that like glittery mm-hmm. fucking orange color. Mm-hmm. You take them home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
But like, why did somebody, and this has happened like three, four years in a row now that I've been in the woods around that time. Yeah. And without a doubt, somebody has like picked them and then decided, nah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're just trying to spread them because it is that sort of like uh, yeah. parasitic uh, yeah. fungus that attacks them. I don't know. but Either that or they're like, what is this weird thing that looks like a dead lobster? Yeah. Yeah. Because it yeah. doesn't look like a lobster. And when you find them rotten, they smell like dead lobster too. They smell terrible. Yeah. yeah. They smell really terrible. No, I seem to get them like right at the end. Huh. So yeah. I don't know. It's right after somebody's picked them. But huh. It's funny to like think yeah. about the path and then people who were there before and the whole sort of gamut of foraging and yeah. who's who's doing it at the same time. Right. <laughs> right. You think you're the, the first and the last human that's been there for a long time, but chances are. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't know. I think that, but I mean, I've gone, I've gone for walks in public parks that, uh, you know, hundreds, maybe even thousands of people visited in a day. <laughs> And found crops of mushrooms. And I'm like, really? Of all those people, nobody nobody knew what a chanterelle was? Really? Yeah. I mean, good for me. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how many people walked by, took a selfie with this beautiful <laughs> tree filled with uh, um, sulfur shells and, uh, and, uh, and then... And then kept walking, not knowing that, that that shit is the best shake and bake ever. It's true. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No. I remember going, you know, the nature, uh, was a Falmouth Nature Preserve for you and I have There's some before. really good mushrooms there, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only time that's Shh, happened to me, you. though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Entitled Get Lost in Maine. Yeah. That's right. It's just mushroom people. Like Everybody that, right? knows it now, too. Yeah. Everybody calls me like, hey, where'd you, uh, you remember that time we went in the woods there? And I'm like. I don't remember. <laughs> so sorry. Not yeah. like I go there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, I remember going down. You can take that path to the right that goes almost right down to the bog mm-hmm. sort of area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I totally pictured that. You, you know, know where it is because yeah, I yeah. found mushrooms there. Probably absolutely yeah. off to the right. You yeah. go through those woods that wrap around, mm-hmm. and always on that hill, there's always something. Yeah. And I knew it, and we got there like. 20 minutes too late because right as we're coming down that hill and you can see like where it gets kind of piney and weird Mm -hmm. off to the right this couple's like walking up super hippie fucking nice beautiful picturesque you know patagonia couple for fuck's sake (laughs) we're walking up with a basket fucking chock full of chanterelles Uh, i just turned around and was like we're leaving kevin was like why and i was like look she's like what the fuck So you get like inherently yeah. mad. You're yeah. like, oh, that was mine. It's my dinner. That was mine. Yeah. yeah. This competition around the, those damn around the thing. The, yeah, those damn hippies. Yeah. There's a great competition between uh, Damon, who works here at the farm, and his wife because mm-hmm. they do. Uh, they just got crossbow hunting licenses, oh, and uh, cool. she's gotten like three deer, and he's gotten like one. And he's <laughs> like, Fuck. Like you know, and yeah. they they like do the whole thing: venison, like preservation jerky, everything. Mm-hmm. And uh and yeah, he's like you can tell he's bumming. Like <laughs> he's too busy. Yeah. 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 It's hard to get into the woods sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think this year I think we're gonna need it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so too. We've definitely I've definitely stepped away from going into the woods, but mm-hmm. I remember when the pandemic first hit and Kate came up with uh, her kiddo and we just went to the Hobbit Woods and it was like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like the explosiveness of this thing just died away with like the sound of the water, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and not enough people get that anymore. Yeah. You know, we like find our ways to just calm down enough to do the next day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You gotta go into the fucking woods. Yeah. Yeah. This winter, I think, I think we'll need to, uh, I don't know. We'll go winter camping. I think at least yeah. we'll go winter camping. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun round two for conversating. Yeah. 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 It has been, it has been fun. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about how it all started. No, we didn't. Should we run through it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So all I have is that initial story. Cause I didn't know who the fuck anybody was when mm-hmm. we moved up here to Portland. Mm-hmm. And then I ran into, uh, Ruben yeah. and uh, Diane and they just, yeah, they wanted nothing to do with me because it was the letterpress thing. Right. All right, get the fuck out of here, you fucking yeah. little art kid. <laughs> Go visit Lisa. So then I rang your your yeah. infamous esoteric doorbell. Yeah, that's but right. But that's where my short-term memory failed me. Yeah. I don't remember what happened after that besides moving a press upstairs. So how, how did this happen? I don't remember the first conversation. I remember Kathleen... She was just so cool. Um, but I I almost remember her the next day more. I remember the two of you the next day. Um, but yeah, you came up, I gave you a tour. Was it the next day that the press went up? Yeah, it was. Just coincidentally. I was huh. telling you what we were doing, and I was like, shooting boom, forklift, checking out the window. And you're okay. like, oh, that's so cool. When are you doing that? I'm like, tomorrow at 4 30 in the morning. And you're like, I want to be there. Yeah. And I was like, sure, you are, dude. Yeah. And you fucking showed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kathleen showed up. <laughs> like, did you seriously like, get so excited about moving presses at 4 30 in the morning? Yeah. And I just, I think in that moment, I decided we were friends for a I'm like, who does that? Who shows up at four o'clock in the morning to help out some weirdo moving presses in the window? I can't believe Kathleen did because in all honesty, she's not a morning person. Yeah, she showed up and she had, um, uh, <laughs> that, was oatmeal? it that camera? She had a camera that you looked oh, down. Oh, yeah. She had, well, it wasn't that one. I just got that. But oh, she, okay. Yeah, she had a bunch of, she yeah. probably shot film of that. I think I'd, she did, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. No idea where that would have yeah. gone. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I remember you and Kathleen. I remember moving the presses. I remember being really grateful for having you there because because uh, um, uh, the window had like a three foot gap. The window, yeah. And the guy, the guy that I hired, I'm doing air quotes. I hired um, <laughs> nice, nice guy, but uh, a bit cocky. Uh, yeah, the forklift. And, uh, <laughs> I remember him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Charlie. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. That so, is his name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was just a lot of scary moving, moving, you know, anytime you suspend, you know, a couple tons of steel into the air. Three um, fucking stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something's going to go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. So, yeah, I remember that day. Yeah. But how did mushrooms start? Like, how did, was it me first or you first? Well, Kathleen and I read, uh, I like was well acquainted with the psychedelic stuff. But it never, not once, thought about gourmet mushrooms. <laughs> eating, like, no. Eating foodie ones. I didn't even yeah. fucking know what a shiitake was. Just a white trash kid that you yeah. know, knew how to get high. Yeah. Yeah. But it was never like a, never the, the propensity to like push that wasn't really that there. You yeah. Know? And uh, you so her, up, was that? Did you come up here? I mean, uh, come up to the, to the camp? 
No. So no. like, so her and I read an article mm-hmm. and it was, you know, had all the now since sort of subsequent uh, Portland people mm-hmm. out of it. It was Greg Marley. It was Rick Tibbetts and it was uh, Joe from the farm stand and mm-hmm. Rosemont and all that. Mm-hmm. And they were all talking about forging. And once again, this is pushing the like, you know, you got to have a license to sell this shit. Can't be a drunk fuck coming into a goddamn bar in the middle of the night <laughs> trying to sell us fucking tra- trails that are going to kill us. But And uh, so they were pushing this in the article and simultaneously in the background. I think uh, Greg Marley was just pushing his book. How many Wait, they, dreams? They were, they were, they, these mushroom guys were pushing yeah. needing a license. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is the hilarious. Rick Tibbetts factor. This is like, this is a dude oh, who God. I've Rick talked Tibbetts. about him too many times, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was pushing it. He was oh, trying to make money at any avenue. And I give yeah. him credit because he yeah. just lied to everybody and said, I got all these mushroom barns down in yeah. Pennsylvania. And you're like, yeah, you do. Sure. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. just buying shit in and selling it, which to his credit, mm-hmm. that's how mushrooms got to Portland. Right. Didn't get any other way, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that article mentioned Amanita Dreams and, uh, or, must- or fuck, Chantrell Dreams and Amanita Nightmares mm-hmm. by Greg Marley. Mm-hmm. I think I got the book at uh, Longfellow. And oh, yeah. then and you gave me that book. I gave, you, gave you the book. book. And I think Kathleen said something like we just grow them in our closet, you know, like we started like everybody else. You know? <laughs> right. And that's, that's when I, I think I started talking to you about it and mm-hmm. you had already had sort of your, um, interactions with foraging, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. way before, or I don't know when you tell me. I think it was around that time that I was, that I was, that I was going out. We are both fueled. Yeah. yeah. I was um, cornering mushroom dudes and being like, <laughs> you're to take me out with you. Because um, <laughs> it yeah. was Steven who took you out right first. And then, it was Steven yeah. at first, and then he got really connected to uh, uh, a community of foragers. But Steven really knows this stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was the one who told us He's to... still teaching me tons of things. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. He's one of those guys who... Uh, it's an information junkie. Just about very specific things. And yeah. then, and then, uh, yeah. And then he just reads and talks and learns everything that he can. Yeah. Um, but there are lots of random things. <laughs> <laughs> so but mushrooms weird. happen to be one of his things. And he's been foraging since he was a little kid with his, with his uncle. Really? Yeah. So that goes way back. Yeah. It goes way, way back for him. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, walking through the woods with that guy. You're just snacking yeah. where you go. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you can eat it, he knows it. Um, so not only that, we go back. I mean, he's the guy we went out and he, there wasn't much in the way of mushroom foraging, but he just started snapping off the flowers, the blooms on milkweed. Oh, right. And he came, we went back to our house and he fried, he made milkweed croquettes. Uh, in bread, uh, breaded batter wow. with like this mayonnaise cream sauce, and it was amazing. You can't replicate some tastes that yeah. you find on foraged foods. On foraged foods, yeah. No, <laughs> I think. Uh, and I'm just gonna talk about this again because I think it's a really cool thing to talk about. It's yeah. Just, uh, the flavors. Yeah. That are not part of the 30 sanctioned flavors that are right. that are the U.S. food industry, and. Uh, uh, like the matsutake, yeah. Um, that that deliciousness, that yeah, that cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a flavor that we don't have. Whatever yeah. that thing is that we don't even have words for, so we have to we have to like put four 
words together that that <laughs> like most other languages that yeah. a word means much more than just the right. definition of the word right. dirty socks and cinnamon yeah 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 and uh the peachy flavors that are in chanterelles and um that apricot scent is like yeah. beyond bizarre i can't smell that smell Really? Yeah, Christopher is like I can smell it from here, and I just <laughs> I can I, smell it on the counter. Yeah, yeah I'm like, no, whoa! I just smell it's like a faintly rubbery smell. I don't get the the peaches. <sighs> um, I've tasted it. I mean, I can taste like that 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 chanterelle flavor. It's got yeah, it's a yeah. fruity sort yeah. of uh, aroma. Yeah, that transfers. The Even flavor. black trumpets have like a. It's a flavor I can't describe. There was one year that I found so many that I uh, I remember. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> It was incredible that I tried drying them, but I don't have a dryer. You had like boats with like <laughs> paper towels lining them. They're like what was probably like 10 pounds of mushrooms, but for fucking black trumpets was like yeah. an enormous I think amount. It was, I think it was more than, I think we weighed them and I had found like 35, 40 pounds. Oh, shit. It was insane. <laughs> and so I tried drying them, but the only way I had to dry them was in our oven yeah. one sheet at a time. And so it was like four or five days of going to bed with the oven on a really low temperature. <laughs> And it like got into my skin and we were breathing it. And I'd wake up in the morning. Anyway, to this day, I have a hard time eating black trumpets. I'm like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> like okay. It's just too much. I, I OD'd on it. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that's the dark side of boonyers of mushrooming. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's like... Uh, the dark side's cleaning those fuckers with like maggots and paint uh, you get over um, maggots needles so and shit. Fast. You get over Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, no, but I mean, like, literally, yeah. like, you, you have that same, like, shucking thing that you it's do. It's true. Yeah. You get the yeah. little, little <laughs> You're like, what's going to pop out this time? Yeah. You get sort of dulled <laughs> up by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found a, 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 past of, a patch of Matsutakis um, that was rot. Like, they were, yeah. they were past. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm eating the maggots anyway. Just flicking the maggots <laughs> off. Yeah. yeah. No, once you've got your yeah. goal and your eyes set on finding yeah. a particular mushroom, yeah. which is always how it is, you don't yeah. like just magically yeah. stumble across them. Sometimes you do, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's once you start foraging and you realize that there's there are just this world of flavors yeah. uh, when you're walking through the woods. And that's something I learned from Stephen when I go out. He's just like, taste that. Taste that. Just taste it. Just put it in your mouth. Yeah. You know. Well, it's his wife who introduced you to the Indian cucumber, right? And then yeah. you showed us that. That's right. Yeah, the Indian cucumber. I wonder I should probably learn the the Latin. What it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just noticed that double decker stem with the flat fan leaves, yeah. you yeah. know. In the uh yeah, they have to be you have to harvest it in the fall too. I think it has to be Yeah. Um that later season you get the little white carrot. Yep. Um, but I guess you have to be careful with those because it's a tuber. Right. You shouldn't forage them. Right. You you can eat them as a trail nibble, but uh, yeah, it's um, not like a mass harvest. Yeah, <clears throat> to get like a few ounces of little tiny carrots. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, when you do see them everywhere, though, yeah. like you grab one and you're like, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's a yeah. forest nibble. It's a yeah. granola. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a forest nibble. But yeah, yeah there's yeah. just so much out there. The um, uh, wintergreen. Yeah. And then you realize wintergreen was in everything. It's in root beer. <laughs> it's in toothpaste. Yeah. Uh, and it grows all over the forest floor in Maine. If you walk, partridge oh, yeah. berry. Um, frozen partridge berries are like one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, so I can go on and on about these flavors, but... They're, uh, they're so far 
far fetched from normal food for sure. Yeah, like that umami <clears throat> I was describing in yeah. the uh, in the um, in the reishi mushrooms is that. Uh, yeah, it is. It is funny. It's like it's like I think for me, it's like um, uh, that conspiracy that you feel when you find out the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. Yeah, uh, is not. We're, yeah, we're a lie. You know. Yeah. Um, the fact that there's only thirty flavors in an American palate is a lie. You know. Yeah. Strawberry flavor, blueberry flavor, butter flavor, beef flavor, chicken flavor, <laughs> like. Kate just tonight, by the way, <laughs> learned that Tyler, 11 years old, does no longer believes in Santa Claus. Oh. And he's totally okay with that. He just felt bad and didn't feel like you should say anything because, uh, you know, who knows why? You feel like yeah. you're not going to get gifts or something. Oh. And Kate was, I was like, congratulations. You can finally take credit where credit is due. True. You know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But so it's a bummer to like yeah. lose those things. But at the same time, it, it opens up windows. You Did know? somebody tell him what happened? I don't know. I out. have to get the story after we finish recording because yeah. uh, we've been talking about it for like a little while now. Like, does he? Doesn't he? Yeah. Who do you like write these gifts out for? Because you're never buying gifts for yourself. You're just like, then there's a kid involved. You're like, just yeah. give them all the things. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. See, I never had that. Like there was no, I knew my mom. <laughs> she would be bitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're fucking broke. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I go to the fucking store and buy the goddamn Christmas presents. <laughs> you know? My parents Don't kept it up. Don't look in the trunk. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> look in the trunk. No, yeah. It got fucked up for me when I, I like opened the package. That I think it said from Santa and it was still in the box where it had like the UPS label to like my parents. And like they, they started, yeah. I was probably his age, you know? Yeah. And, like I, I was like, yeah, I already kind of knew that, but, uh, but it was the moment where it's like what we were talking about earlier when you're worried what other people are going to think right. about your right. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got to keep you. up the ruse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I need to call him and just pretend to be Santa Claus and be sorely disappointed, Aww. you know, just to be that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody, hey kid, everybody else is the liar. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> I'm real. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my name is Christopher Campbell. <laughs> he does kind of look like Santa these Thanks. days. Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> is that bad? Is that is that affecting your uh your uh No, I always had to thank for Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you got what you're after. <laughs> Well, I, so then, yeah, or okay. you get what you deserve anyway. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Well, he came with the territory when you and I started talking. I didn't, re I didn't even realize, I think when, when we were moving that press in that you two were a unit, I, I didn't, you know, we were just like, well, letter presses. It was so exciting. Right. And you were sort of perpetuating it by even just inviting us to mm -hmm. bring that press up. But I remember him and I talking about wrestling and then oh, I realized right. who he you was. Both I yeah. About that. yeah. So that was our first like connection, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. aside from anything else. But uh yeah, I think we started I, talking about mushrooms I think and stuff. Money to see that, by the way. Who me and Christopher uh -huh. wrestle. He uh -huh. kicked my ass. He's got old man strength, you know. Oh. Right? I don't know. Maybe not. We should get a pet. Yeah. He, he was talking about <laughs> it for a long time. Doing oh, like a I think it would be great. I think he needs it. I yeah. really do think he needs it. Yep. But I wrestle with him. It's no fun. Like, ha, 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 wrestle. And he's got me in a chokehold in like three seconds. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. 
yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you wrestle now? So I just want to see him get his ass kicked. But, so if you don't think you can beat him, then never mind. <laughs> I didn't say that. But maybe, probably. Yeah, he's tougher than he looks. He's it's just, always the he's just uh, calculating. He's very calculating. Yeah. He knows what moves he'd already use on me. Yeah. He's yeah, he's already sussed it up. He's already got the match in his head and he's beat you. Yeah, yeah. oh I'm sure Fantastic. he's one of those Savanti yeah. characters. Yeah. 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 That's why I played dirty. <laughs> just pinch poke prod. It gets I just him down. wait till he's not looking and pitch slap him. <laughs> it's the only way I can go one up on him. <laughs> oh man, you gotta catch him off guard. Yeah. No if way. he's a pattern oriented man. Right. That's yeah. why he flinches every time I walk by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it covers oh his nipples. Yeah, it covers his nipples. Yeah, nobody wants nobody wants that. That's no. that's pain. That's just like it's it's inherent across the board of female and male. You're like, please stop. <laughs> uh, but but he should have not beat me every time he humiliates me when I want to wrestle. He's gotta gotta let you win eventually. He will never let me win. No, he's not. This is like our friend Liz Madden, who um, never lets Edna win at tug of war because she was like, "If you admit defeat to this dog, she will call you a sucker fish forever." And I was like, "It's a dog." She's like, "No, I will never lose to this animal." I'm like, "You're wild. What are you talking about?" I always let my dog win. Dogs win, but that's why I have pussy dogs. <laughs> Like, oh, you get honey, you got it. Oh, like, good yeah, that's for right. you. That's so good. <laughs> Fucking dogs. Yeah. Well, so, yep. okay, so that, I don't, after that, you know, that was a termulous time for Kathleen and I. It was like, <clears throat> we'd already been together for too long mm-hmm. and we were different. We were like growing completely apart in a weird way. So we made you the rash Kathleen? decision. Yeah, yeah, at that time. Oh, you guys were always so solid to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we we weren't weren't not solid. Yeah. We we were, like, literally Mm -hmm. just had to, like, you know, it's not as if we had enough of one another. We By the time we got, I got uh, her, we got out to Arizona, and she left, and we were split for I don't know how long. Mm -hmm. We talked every fucking day. Yeah. Right? So, like, you're inherently stuck to some people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to make the best out of it, especially Mm -hmm. if you know there's no fucking way around it, you know? So, it got better with time. But, you know, we had those moments where it Mm -hmm. wasn't going to happen, but we met one another young. Yeah. So, so yeah, we decided to sell everything, which was pretty much everything. I sold my whole, like, library of strange books to Yes Books. And that dude just, like... You could tell he like felt for me. And he was oh. like, I was like, I'm just trying to buy a fucking van, dude. Give yeah. me 1500 bucks for all these books. And he was uh, like, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that dude bought my van basically mm-hmm. <laughs> by giving, buying all my books, which are still there. I still go in and I'm like, motherfucker, nobody wanted that. <laughs> I'm like, it's a great poetry Aww. book. <laughs> nobody cares about poetry. No. Come on. No. <laughs> no, they don't. That's the best part. It's like gravitating towards the things nobody gives a shit about. You're like, ah, oh, but it's, so good to me. I know. I understand though. Yeah. I remember I'm a letterpress person. Yeah. Nobody should yeah. care about that. No, nobody should. But the, but the yeah. soccer moms and the hockey dads who wanted to start a part-time business sure as fuck did. Yeah. And now Vandercooks cost too much. Yeah. Well, that's true. Actually, <laughs> that's definitely true. But. So yeah, we left. I remember the only real interaction that I think I had with you guys is when we were stuck 
it was like right before we realized it was a really dangerous situation. I think I sent you a text of like this massive weed grow. Mm, oh yeah. That we had like landed in. And then that was crazy. We had to like run in the middle of the night at like gunfire and stuff. It was fucking nuts. Ooh. Too long of a story to go into. But yeah. it was, we got down the mountain, got out, yeah. you know, being chased by wild boars and people oh on God. fucking methamphetamine with guns. <laughs> this is like you weed before it was legal. You didn't tell me this story. You're only telling me about eating Caesar's mushrooms, but that seems like it was yeah. at least your trouble. Oh God, that was yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah. Leading up to getting to Arizona was mm-hmm. like traveling bus rides, hitchhiking, getting anywhere and anywhere, just trying to like find enough uh, work of random things to mm-hmm. live yeah. with people who'd feed you, you know, like we we're doing that whole thing, yeah. living hand to mouth. But, yeah. uh, yeah, but I it was remember fun. the van. Yeah. 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 We outfitted it with like a, a screen printing thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was cool. It was like a little yeah. shop, but the yeah. van got down to Florida and then we <laughs> There was like two lug studs left on it. Oh, <laughs> so no. we sold it to some poor dude who I'm sure I'm going to hell over if there is one because oh. he just was going back to New York and he was so stoked on it. And I was like, just give me enough money to get the fuck out of Florida. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so we were gone. Yeah. And then, you know, we we went everywhere and mm-hmm. then ended up in Arizona. And that's when we started that first iteration of a mushroom farm, mm-hmm. which was cool. Mm-hmm. We were just reading about it and... They were the first people who were just like excited by people being excited about it. And they're like, just do it. Mm-hmm. And we did it to a degree. And then uh, Kathleen left that situation, came back to mass. And then I swiftly came after because there's no fucking way I was going to make it in the goddamn <laughs> desert that was yeah. trying to swallow me alive. Yeah. And then when I came back, I think I, nobody knew I came back. And then I immediately came back up to Portland because I like hadn't finished Portland. It was yeah. like a premature exit, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. You liked it there. I did. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get enough time there at all. And that was par- partially the issue, you know, mm-hmm. we like had to leave to figure it out. And mm-hmm. then, uh, of course, nobody knew this. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. We're quiet little artist drama people, yeah. you know? Yeah. And there's so many other factors at play there. But yeah. And then... And then just trying to like find my way through that, living in my car, living at the studio building, mm-hmm. eventually getting an apartment, like getting off of the like mm-hmm. transient nature of travel mm-hmm. and back to like having a, like, I remember renting that apartment with Berger and Mike and uh, just like, I don't think I came, came out of my room for like a week. I like finally had a space again right. and I right. was like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> all my shit is not going to be stolen. Like right. everything's fine. Right. Were yeah. you and Kathleen split at that point? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of stalked I guess her this around. Kind of and... coming back a little bit. See, my long term memory is like it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Ruben. Speaking of Ruben, yeah. we, I came back into Portland and we were painting houses, and Ruben was doing some construction. We were both working for Tony D'Agostino, who mm-hmm. died suddenly like a year ago now. I don't. I, I didn't know Tony. Didn't know Tony. No, yeah, no. he was he was an interesting cat. Really mm-hmm. cool dude. Um, but we were working on a house, and Ruben's like, "Yeah, I, I didn't really like her anyway. She was always super disinterested." <laughs> and I was oh, like, <laughs> "And I'm seeing Ruben on Sunday too to get a tattoo." But oh, yeah, he he That's said funny. that to me, and I was like, "I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. What a bitch." And then like a week <laughs> later, she moved back up to Maine. <laughs> Poor Ruben. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, man, a few words, but when he does speak, he puts his foot in his mouth. <laughs> <He does. laughs> 
<laughs> I think he, yeah, yeah, he totally did. The other random time she's getting a tattoo by Ruben. And uh, I don't think I ever told her that Ruben said that about her. Yeah. And uh, why would I? <laughs> he was just trying to make you feel better. Yeah, was. Oh, she was disinterested. <laughs> I mean, nice of guy. all things, that's not a very bad thing to say. No, no, someone. no. That was pretty nice, actually. <laughs> no, but he was... Uh, he was, and I'll totally air this because it's hilarious, but mm-hmm. um, he was working on a tattoo and Liz Madden, who I was just talking about, never lets Edna win it, tug of mm-hmm. war. She had, she was living above us, mm-hmm. having like extremely loud and presumably violent sex with this boyfriend <laughs> she was with at the time. And uh, and I think one of us said something to Ruben because we were like trying to adjust to this bliss life and like we were both getting tattoos by him or some shit. Yeah. Three years go by. Yeah. And she pops in while Kathleen's getting a tattoo by Ruben and, uh, and she quickly introduces Ruben and, uh, he goes, Oh, this is the woman who has the loud, violent sex. (laughs) And like, we all just sort of like looked at one another. I was looking at my phone and I like looked up and I was like, you gotta be shitting me. I was like, what the fuck just happened? And she was like, Oh really? (laughs) It was this awkward moment and Ruben did it again. He pulled it off. Oh. But I don't think he knows he does it either. How can you fault him? (laughs) I I would never. (laughs) Yeah, it's Ruben. He's speaking the truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking the truth. Um, Yeah. So when we came back, then I guess that was uh, uh, that was a quick digression. But yeah, yeah. That's when uh, I guess I don't I don't remember. I remember you and Christopher had a conversation and then called me. And we're like, we should, you guys had gone out to eat and talked about it or something. And so we should start a mushroom farm. Cause I had come back with like, you no, know, what I'm we convinced. did. It was your idea. You think you so? Just, you were just looking for a space. No. No. Oh. I, I, you guys like, did propo- we I was out? done with it. I was totally done with mushroom farming. I was like no. trying to figure out how to make art again. I was like, I think we went out and had beers. This is going to be our, our out. We went out and we had beers and we drank so much. Yeah. But the conversation is lost forever. But at the end of it, <laughs> Christopher was really inspired by Mushroom. Yeah, he was. And he's like, you know, I've got this space. I've got, there's a, there's that weird little area in the basement. Let's try the it out. Death chamber. Yeah. Concrete. And then it just kept getting bigger. Yeah. Bigger and bigger. And the next thing you know, you guys are renting a space in Westbrook. And yeah. that just kept getting bigger and bigger. He just, he fell down the rabbit hole and I just kept going with it too. Yeah. It was weird. I, you know how many times I've given Christopher an out? I'm like, you know, you can leave at any time. <laughs> and every time I do that, I feel like it's reverse, uh, you know, uh, engineering the whole sort of idea of why you keep going in a business because he's yeah. like, I feel like it encourages him a little bit more yeah. every time. And I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. You know, we had tough moments trying to like figure yeah. this whole thing out. Yeah. Well, it's been a hard road, right? I mean, there have been crop failures and there have been um, air conditioning failures and heating failures and, uh, you know. one right after the other for so long. All of these things. But then you realize that you're you're also kind of, you know, in Maine, in the Northeast. There was a time when everybody who could grow oysters out of straw bags was doing that. and. And now, when we when we first started doing this, yeah. and, I, and I say we as in, I'm the one cheering in the background, um, you couldn't get oysters at the grocery store. No. 
You couldn't get shiitakes. Occasionally, you'd see like a uh, really sea, cr- sea creature-esque, like right. decomposing dried out right. oysters or shiitakes. Right, right. In like a styrofoam container that were yeah, yeah. wrapped in cellophane. And, yeah. uh, and then we started bringing to market these boxes of mushrooms to restaurants and to, you know, these places that had never seen shiitake that hadn't been strangled to death. Yeah. They'd never seen it. And they were just gorgeous. Yeah. That's what, that's how you always fuck up. Cause you go really good mushrooms in the beginning, but you yeah. yield suck. Yeah. So it doesn't even make sense to sell something so good. <laughs> you should have given up right there. <laughs> no, I know. But, but I think, uh, I think that's part of, why Christopher is so excited about it because you know, yeah, it's a lot of it's farming, it's yeah. farming. Um, a it lot is a of, farm, yeah, it's in a warehouse, but Where, it's still a fucking farm. farm. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's still, there's still really something about this, something exciting about disrupting a market. There's yeah. something really exciting about going to a restaurant, yeah, and knowing that the mushrooms that they're serving in that restaurant came out of here, yeah, and uh. Yeah, Empire was the weirdest one when you'd go in there because uh, yeah. she bought a shit ton of mushrooms yeah. from us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, still, it still when I see and if it says local on it, yeah, I know they're ours. Yeah, um, and if it says well, or they're lying. <laughs> yeah, one or the other. <laughs> Which a lot of people do. So much has changed, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. For a while though, there is there is a good possibility it was ours, like yeah. across the board. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what the comp- competition is nowadays, but if you push them, yeah. you push them. Like, where do these come from? We, yeah, we yeah, always yeah. interrogate. Oh, yeah. We interrogate the waitress, and they're like, "I go ask the chef," <laughs> you know, and they'll come out and be like, "Yeah, Northport." I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah." Yeah, it's funny, man. There's, but I think that's what keeps him going. Yeah, you know, just that it's it's still there. Not only is it still there, but it's uh. It's, there's no stagnation. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with Mark at Heligan Tacos before Josh closed it. And mm-hmm. he, it was when we were bringing him on mm-hmm. and we needed the capital and we needed somebody mm-hmm. else. We just needed a body, but to mm-hmm. hire an employee, there wasn't enough vested interest there. Mm-hmm. And he just said, you know, I think the one thing we can't do is ever get complacent. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think we've ever had a chance to get complacent. No. I mean- Dead wives, friends, family, we still have to keep fucking going. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, it's ball and chainish, but at the same time, it's not. Yeah. Because yeah. you realize that like the minute you drop, it's, it's all gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, there's an overwhelming sense of responsibility to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something inherently cool about it too. And I mean, cool and like the, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's working. that's an accomplishment. And uh, I think Christopher, did some thing recently, some main state agriculture thing where you had to be in a room with Gretchen with his product. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I enjoy him being that face cause I fucking hate it. And (laughs) part of him hates it too, but, but I think part of him really likes it, especially when, you know, you go down the row of people and like, this is my jam. Yeah. These are my coasters. And (laughs) And then you get to Christopher and he has this pile of alien reishi mushrooms just reaching out of the bag. And I think, you know, not to speak for him, but knowing so much that I do about him that, you know, I, 
I really do think in that moment he's proud. You know, he's like there's a sense of ownership there. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, completion. Yeah, and people walk by and they're like, "What is that?" You know, and it's it's peddling your art. You yeah. Know? yeah, 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 yeah. In a lot of ways, or or peddling a um uh a new way of life. You know, yeah. Um, not to get and it's and I don't think that's hyperbole. Like. No, but you guys, mushrooms I don't think, ever now. intended to start a mushroom farm, nor did I really. We just fell into it twice. <sighs> and then it just turned into like experiment after experiment after experiment because there was no... But they're just so compelling. Yeah, they fucking suck <laughs> you in, you know? Yeah. Can't right. get out of it. Right. Yeah. Hey, right. I'm sitting and looking at this dried up... Uh, and they're just always there. Just <laughs> always there. And they're now petrified. Yeah. And it'll be um, like that forever. Yeah. It's a fucking bonsai space alien. It is. It's like this weird plant. And so that's only in here because I put headphones on it to like uh promote a <laughs> podcast and we're like, we'll be talking to the Ganoderma Lucidum today. <laughs> we need to come up with a good voice for it. Oh yeah, we should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are i think once you get into it there's no getting out of it necessarily the the people who've gotten out of it have been interesting like when i first started researching this stuff and uh even like in psychedelic land before portland before ever meeting you guys it was mm -hmm. shroomery mm -hmm. it's still there and it's this fantastic like black screen uh blue type like hard to read late at night sort of blog or, you know, it's mm -hmm. like a Twitter, like anything like that. It's like mm -hmm. an old fucking thing. And, mm -hmm. uh, and everybody on this board is like always commenting their grow charts or everything, you know, mm -hmm. it's very nerdy. So mm -hmm. that immediately was the entrance for us. And, uh, there was a cat named, uh, Roger rabbit. Hmm. And his name is Keith something or other. And he's, he did the first series of like how to grow mushroom videos. Um, who bends this all the way through gourmets. And mm -hmm. he was the first person really doing blocks and shiitakes and, mm -hmm. The strains that carried forward were really, you know, his, you know, inceptions. Mm -hmm. His wife died of cancer and he got out of it. He was done. He was growing tons of weed for a while for her, I think. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> sounds oddly familiar. Yeah. And, uh, and then he, he, I've, I was talking to Neil from Columbia mushrooms out in Oregon, uh, the other night. And he was like, you know, I was recently on there and like saw that he's still active and he'll still like make a comment. And I was like, yeah. God damn, because that <laughs> motherfucker's been on there forever, yeah. like forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a wild thing that like somebody can go away entirely yeah. and still have something to say about it. Right. You know, right. You you're sucked in. You can't keep away. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you can't unlearn the knowledge either. And so all that shit's just rattling around in your brain. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. So... That's yeah. the hardest part is when, you know, a lot of these farms now want to be consults and mm -hmm. want to offer consultation services and not enough of them have been in it long enough to have seen everything yet. Yeah. Yeah. So some of them are just offering, you know, misguided information. Right. And and I think that's why we haven't pushed the consultation thing as like a financial contributor to the farm at all, because it, A, it's very time consuming, yeah. but B, it's like, <laughs> we're still figuring it out, yeah. you know, and, and that's the best part, you know, right. you can... Tell everybody what you know, and you do have a wellspring of information, but at the end of the day, you still have something to gain and something yeah. to learn, and it's gonna you're going to run into an issue and have to figure your way out of it. Right, right. You, yeah. Yeah. You're pioneering, like we said before. Yeah. Um, and right now, it's food, but right. uh, yeah, <laughs> who knows what you're going to discover. And uh, and of course, you know, the real discoveries are going to happen in MIT, but, but it's those cats are going to be... Yeah. 
you know. Oh, I got you to say cats. Yes. This is a game I play that Christopher did all the time. Shit. You just say a word and you incept that fucker right into the conversation. And you just used incept again, too. Yeah. You're See? Just, you're trying to get in my head, man. Christopher used to hum when we were like in Westbrook. He would like start humming <laughs> a song and I would start humming it and be like. <laughs> I know. And then he'd and bring then it home. And then I would pick one. Oh, yeah, man, I'm so like, sorry. Run, girl. You're much too young, girl. I'm like, where did you get that shit? It's all Eric's fault. Yeah, Eric's yeah. fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got a couple of good Fucker. ones in him. I think uh, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone is like my, my numero uno to go to. <laughs> That's a good one. Dude, it will fuck your life up. <laughs> it's also a good one for forgetting songs. Like, yeah. if you're like, if you got some, I did that to Kate the other day, and she was like, you're a dick. Yeah, for me, like, it's I uh, know. the one that always wins it. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. It's just forever there. <laughs> yeah, it's just there. You can't use it. This is the shit it. that really is damaging to our, uh, our like, alive humans right now. If we're in old folks' homes, it's the jingles of the day that are just going to keep spitting out of us as we're, like, going yeah. through Alzheimer's and <laughs> just going to have Ernie Bach Jr. commercials in our fucking brains. Yeah. No, it's true. But... Yeah. It's better than uh, Taylor Swift, I guess. Who? <laughs> so I was in, this is like a quick story, and then we don't ever have to have these conversations ever again. But I was in Boston, and I was working at the book bindery, which uh, Kathleen was the only job she ever made me quit because she was like, this job is going to kill you if you don't stop. Like, yeah. you're fucking a psychopath. Yeah. And it was because I would get in there, it'd be dark, I'd be leaving, it was dark. Train mm-hmm. in, train out, train in, train out. Yeah. It costs more to have uh, the train rides every day than yeah. I was getting paid. It didn't yeah, make right. any sense, but right. I really wanted to get in a hardcore bindery and I was just trying to work my way through Acme and so on and so forth. Did you really? This is a, this is a, I got lots of, of stories. chapter of your life I didn't know. <laughs> I got lots of those. <laughs> I keep them to my, every, Mike, every time we have a conversation, he's like, there's another one. I didn't fucking know that. I'm going to yeah. double check it with your mom. I'm like, <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. But, uh, oh man. Once again, this is the third time. It comes in threes. You're filming. I know. Sorry. I'm blinder than you. You wish. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No, no, I'm trying to remember now. Fuck. Did you just completely lose the story entirely? What do we... There must be like uh, high CO2 levels in here today, you know? That would make sense. <sighs> I try to explain that thing to people where you walk across the farm for a hamburger and you come back with a hammer or vice versa. <laughs> You're like, what is happening to me right now? CO2 does damage to you and yeah. it's long lasting damage. Yeah. Fuck. I forget what the story was. It was a quick digression and then that was it. Yeah. Whatever. It seemed like a really promising one too. Oh, the amount the jobs, different jobs you've had in your life. You had different jobs. Yeah. The book bindery. You're at the book bindery training train out. I was, I was. I was so tired. Kathleen made me quit. I don't remember. It's a blank. Oh. It's what comes out of the blank that's more interesting, I guess. I have no idea. Whatever. That's what he said. <laughs> 
that's funny is I'll listen to this and edit it down and adjust the volume and I'll be like, God damn it. That's what I was supposed to tell. Do I just say it? And like, you know, like put people's voice. I don't know. You could always edit it in. Right. Like, okay. No, that'd be the worst. No, it's got to be super raw. nerdy. The super nerdy. <laughs> I really fucked this one up, man. It'd be like putting in an audio um, version of an asterisk in it. <laughs> Stay tuned to the end of the podcast. For the this is a Mitch Hepburn thing, though. Those are my favorite stand-up jokes where, like, they every joke of his was like that hyphen. You're just like, or that little asterisk. You're just like... There was something here. Now it's a footnote and I forgot. The yeah. joke was funny for 10 seconds while I was telling it. Now it's over because yeah, I forgot it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is the CO2. It's the CO2. We're really not this dumb yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. We're just tired. I think we are. Hard telling. I had to pee too. <laughs> All right, cool. We're going to call it. This has been fun. Thanks for doing it with me. Bye. Goodbye. Well, that was uh, Lisa Pixley. Man, go check her printmaking madness out on Instagram at printcraftpixley. P-R-I-N-T-C-R-A-F-T-P-I-X-L-E-Y. And if you're uh, in Portland, swing on into her shop, Printcraft, at 246 Danforth Street. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can follow or subscribe to Micah Wizards wherever the hell you get your podcasts. And write to us at P.O. Box 897 in Gardner, Maine. I sure do love that old school snail mail. And if you want to follow us, head on over to Instagram and find us at Michael Wizards Podcast. This episode was produced and sponsored by Maine Cap and Stem Mushroom Company with music composed by Damon Hicks. Head on over to capandstem.com for certified organic substrate and spawn for all your mycological needs. And until next time, later on, man. He was the stallion man. The stallion man. Hi, Jim Dunn. quick if you're still listening <laughs> jump back on instagram like you have nothing better to do and check out myco lycos motherfuckers connecting music synthesizers to mushrooms what <laughs> <laughs>